there is. How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Hey everybody, it's Tracy, and thanks for dialing in to Say Yes to Spirit. If you checked out this schedule on the internet at the website, you noticed that there was no specific topic listed for this show. And that happens every so often. Sometimes it happens by mistake, and we just forgot to update the list. Um, But sometimes it happens on purpose when uh, we want to have just an open theme show. And so this week we're going to have an open theme show for a couple of reasons. Reason number one, Leslie will not be joining us today. And uh, so I get to talk about whatever I want to talk about, whatever comes to mind. And second, uh, it's an open theme show because what we've been noticing is that we are recycling themes a lot, which is to be expected when you are in um, com- in the process of completing four years of doing the same show. And so it's like, hmm, let's just brainstorm a little bit. And if you're a regular, regular listener, I invite you to email your ideas for themes. What would you love to hear us talk about? What would you... Um, like to know more about that relates to saying yes to spirit, Um, send your suggestions and your tips and your ideas to send them to me at Tracy, T-R-A-C-Y, at reclaimjoy.com. Tracy at reclaimjoy.com. That would be lovely, 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 lovely. Also, if you're a regular listener, you know that at the near the top of the show, we always take a few minutes <clears throat> to connect the dots. And you can hear our Connect the Dots theme music playing in the background. Now, it's true that the main reason we do the Connect the Dots segment is because Leslie loves to connect the dots. But every now and then, because it is a part of our show, I take the lead on that. So um, I guess since she's not here, I have to take the lead on it this week. Our most recent theme was spiritual growth and how does that connect with an open theme? a hodgepodge theme. Well, actually, I think it's pretty easy because um, spiritual growth is about expanding one's understanding of life itself, expanding one's connection with God. And what we know is true is that everything 
is connected with God. We prove it every week on this show because sometimes our themes on Say Yes to Spirit are completely abstract or random, or at least it seems that way, and we always find that there's a connection to God. So this week within kind of open topic theme, what I know is true is that every topic we explore leads us into a deeper spiritual connection and those continuous deeper spiritual connections are what lead us to spiritual growth. Now I take a breath here and I'm sitting here smiling because if Leslie listens to this, she's going to say, Oh, that was good, Tracy. And that's what really counts, that I've taken good care of her Connect the Dot segment. So we're going to take a break, and uh, I will be uh, right back with more of Say Yes to Spirit. Welcome back to Say Yes to Spirit. This is Tracy. I'm so glad that you joined us. If you're just dialing in, give your heads up. Leslie is not going to join us today. And uh, this will actually be an abbreviated show. We will not go a full hour, um, I don't think. (laughs) And, um, And our theme is really open theme grab bag topics and ideas and and we'll jump around a little bit. But what I know is absolutely true is that every topic is related to God. And so with every theme in our lives, it's our choice whether or not to say yes to spirit. And that's the idea of this show that every week we have a reminder that it's really up to each one of us to say yes to spirit, to be willing to do that. So the first thing I want to talk about is one of the things that sometimes 
gets in our way of saying yes to spirit. And it's this idea that maybe I am not worthy. Maybe I haven't done enough or maybe I don't deserve God's love. Maybe I don't, um, whether I've done something specific or not, maybe I grew up in a situation where I really did feel worthless or my self-esteem was really beaten down by circumstances. And who am I? You know, who am I to deserve the good in the world? Who am I to deserve God's love? So one of the quotes that triggers this thought for me in this this direction in the conversation is this one. It is difficult to make a man miserable while he feels worthy of himself and claims kindred to the great God who made him. Don't you just love that? Abraham Lincoln said it. Let me repeat it. It is difficult to make a man miserable while he feels worthy of himself and claims kindred to the great God who made him. And I just breathe that in. Whenever I come across this quotation, I am reminded that I am worthy of a life that allows me to express myself fully and completely and to experience the world as the miracle it is and that I am a child of God. And so how can I be miserable? I recently posted on my Facebook page that, you know, every morning if I wake up or when I wake up, it starts out being a good day. And for me, the, the you know, the belief behind that is that God has gifted me with this life, this experience that we call life. And if I wake up in the morning, it's my opportunity to dive into life. How can I be miserable? And that whatever experiences happen to be going on in my life that are challenging or difficult, they're just experiences. They're a part of life that's growing me or pointing me in a direction or inter- um, in- introducing me to people or situations that ultimately are for my best and highest good. Even if the reason it's for my best and highest good is to really learn about the consequences of my actions and my choices. So the quote again, Abraham Lincoln, it's difficult to make a man miserable while he feels worthy of himself and claims kindred to the great God who made him. And so this idea of God made me and so I deserve life and life is always for my good means it's pretty hard, at least to me it means that any time 
being miserable or in fear or in doubt or anger or resentment is really wasted time. I'm choosing to be miserable. I'm choosing to experience something other than the potential of life and the power and presence of God operating in my life, right? So um, so I choose not to be miserable. I, I think that saying yes to spirit is not being in denial about what's going on that's hard or difficult or that feels burdensome. You don't deny it, but choosing to be miserable, choosing to complain about it, choosing to whine and moan and bitch and groan, that's choosing to be miserable. Instead, I really try to have a practice. Okay, let me back up. Uh, The word try is always a trigger for me. I intend to practice love, and I intend to practice balance and harmony, and I intend to practice joy and peace. Peace is my number one grounding spiritual value or belief. And, um, And so I choose... To, and I intend to experience those things. So it doesn't mean I never get angry. It doesn't mean I never am afraid. It doesn't mean that I never, ever face every human emotion that each one of you do. But what it means is that once I experience it, once I notice I'm experiencing it, I don't live there. I notice it, I ask the question, what is it for me to do now? What is it for me to learn from this? What is it that is good coming from this painful experience? And then I bless it and I'm grateful for it. And I'm often amazed at how quickly I can move out of fear, anger, anxiety, pain, all of that into love, joy, peace, harmony. Now, please don't misunderstand me. If, you know, I'm, there are people listening who don't know me personally, and the people who know me personally will tell you, yes, Tracy gets scared. Yes, Tracy... Um, gossips sometimes. Yes, Tracy walks around moping sometimes. But what they'll also tell you is that it never lasts for long. Or if they've known me a really long time, they will say, yeah, I've known her when she would be upset about something and she would still be talking about it six months later. But that was a long time ago, and now she may, might be talking about it six hours later. And if it's really devastating, she might be talking about it six days later. And one or two situations have come up in the last you know, 10 or 12 years where she was still carrying it around six months later, but it wasn't her... It wasn't the majority of the way she lived. It would just come up or it would come back. And that's the 
joy talking about connecting with our most recent show on spiritual growth. I mean, that's really the reflection of spiritual growth, that I am not holding on to the painful experiences the way I did when I was a child or when I was in my early 20s. And that every decade I've been able to deepen my spiritual maturity to the point where, yeah, I wake up every day and I say yes to spirit. I say yes to what's in this day for me. And when it feels like I just ran headfirst into a brick wall, which, you know, technically I did a year and a half ago when my car hydroplane, so I do know what it's like to go headfirst into a brick wall, unfortunately. Um, When I see that happening in my life, I am able to apply the brakes and do that through spiritual practice. And I think it goes back to this idea that Abraham Lincoln presents in this quote that I can do that because I claim my relationship to the great God who made me. I know that I am a child of God. I know that I have been made for a purpose. I know that there is nothing that can happen to me that is too big for God to handle. So because I know that relationship that I have to the great God who made me, how can I be miserable? It's just impossible to choose misery over love when you know that you're a child of God and that everything that happens in your life is happening either for good or good must come from it in some way, shape, or form. So that's, that's one, one thing that um, is coming to mind this morning. So I just want to tap that with the quote again because it's, because it's a cool quote. I mean, I guess that's really the only reason. It is difficult to make a man miserable while he feels worthy of himself and claims kindred to the great God who made him, Abraham Lincoln. Related to that, um, I actually have a a collection of quotations around this whole idea of self-worth and being worthy of a life you love. And partly I have a lot of quotations related to that because I am a a coach, a spiritually grounded coach who works with clients to create a life they love. You know, and each one of us gets to define what that is. What would your life need to look like? How would you need to be living in order to be able to say every day, I love my life. I love this experience that we call life. I love life. And that doesn't mean everything is always going, quote, unquote, your way. It doesn't mean you have a billion dollars in the banker at your disposal. And in fact, for a lot of people, it means living very, very simply. 
and finding the joy in themselves. But whatever that means to you to live a life you love, that's what I work with clients on, helping them identify that and then to structure their lives and their behavior, daily behavior in a way that supports that. So it's, it wouldn't surprise any of my clients that I have a lot of favorite quotes related to self-worth and self-definition and acceptance of self as a child of God. And I love what Wayne Dyer says about self-worth. He says that self-worth comes from one thing, thinking that you are worthy. That's it. Self-worth comes from thinking you are worthy. Now, I might might shift that a little bit and say um, self-worth comes from believing that you are worthy. Because for me, thinking I'm worthy is a great starting point, but truly believing what I'm thinking drives me into action. Now, I would agree that I can't believe it until I've thought it enough times that then it becomes my subconscious default. It really does. It becomes what I believe. And so in that sense, I don't disagree with Wayne Dyer. Um, besides, he's a, very, he's a very wise man. Why would I want to disagree with him? Um, but I... Once we think it enough, we begin to believe it. And so this idea that this worthiness, I, what, make, what is it that makes you worthy? When we are six or seven years old, we may be fooled into thinking that what makes us worthy is our teachers tell us that we did good. You know, our teachers tell us that we answered the questions well. Uh, We made our teachers happy. When we're two or three years old, we might believe that our self-worth might come from approval from our parents or the adults around us. Because at that age, what else do we know? We're learning right from wrong, good from bad, from our parents or the adults that we are around at that age. And we don't have a view of the whole world. We just have a, an, an experience of our relationship with these authority figures who are the adults in our lives. And so in that sense, we, we may grow up in our early years thinking that self-worth is determined by the pleasure of those older people or those authority figures who are around us. Even our older sisters and brothers, if you are are close cousins, when you're a small child, you want them to like you and you want them to let you play with them and you want them to include you. And so... You know, those messages that we get when we're very young, well, no, you can't play on our team because you're too young or you're too slow or um, a message that I got when I was four years old. No, you can't come inside and play with Sally because of the color of your skin. And um, 
you know, self-worth gets chipped away or actually it doesn't get chipped away. We're building it at that point. So it gets built around what other people have told us. So when we get older, it's not always easy for us to distance ourselves from some of the messages that we got that made us believe we weren't good enough to receive love or we weren't smart enough to have a job that we really love so that we could make the kind of money we want or do the kinds of things we want, help the kinds of people we want. There are a lot of messages we get when we're very young because so much of our messaging and so much of our belief about ourselves is built on what others say to us, right? But self-worth really comes from thinking that you are worthy, says Wayne Dyer. And so what is it that you need to change in your life to convince yourself that you are worthy of the kind of life you want to lead? On this show, Say Yes to Spirit, what we're clear about is that what God wants for each one of us is to live a life that is a good life and because of free will we have the opportunity to contribute to the definition of what is a good life and I'm using the word good beyond cultural or social morals I I think that that is a part of it And there is an impulse within each one of us that also tells us what what is that spark that just makes you light up energetically, that makes you smile, that makes you know this is what I was brought here to do or this is how I was created to be. And that doesn't mean you might, you know, for someone that could mean, oh, it means I'm supposed to go and live out in nature and farm and, you know, grow my own food, and that just lights me up. That, that, not because I'm running away from anything and not because I'm judging anyone else, but that just feels good. And I would be able to sustain myself and maybe sell some vegetables at the farmer's market every week. A few weeks ago, I was in Florida, and I met some people at a local farmer's market who have part-time jobs so that they can support their family and they can have benefits and health care benefits and things like that. But what they know, they're so clear. You know, really they have the job to help fund the farming that they do and that they are expanding that part of their life that is farming and, you know, building a business a little bit at a time. And they they were so clear that, you know, in another five to eight years, they would be able to farm full-time, 
and more than cover their expenses and their whole life is built around that. I think that is fabulous for them because it would not be fabulous for me, really. I mean, that is not a life I would love to live. And I'm I'm very glad that they find that to be their passion and their purpose. You know, my life that I love to live is all about um, helping people identify how they can take more responsibility for creating a life they love and having effective relationships with people. And it really is a ministry for me. And because of that, you know, I can do a lot of different things, but I'm often going back to how is this helping me help people build bridges in the world. And you don't build bridges, especially cross-cultural bridges, if you're not happy with yourself first so that you don't feel any need to judge other people. But you're also very clear about who you are and what you're doing. And so that, building cross-cultural bridges, helping people work effectively with people who aren't like them, helping people determine and live a life that they love. For me, the, the connection is that I get to help people engage in this world with, a, with responsibility for themselves as a child of God. It's just really, it may sound confusing to other people, but it's so crystal clear in my mind. And when I'm doing that, whether it's leading a webinar or doing the Say Yes to Spirit radio show or one-on-one coaching with people or speaking at a conference with 2,000 people, about being better leaders, I'm really clear that I'm really clear how it fits into my purpose, my ministry, my mission in life. And I love my life. And so this idea of being worthy, of seeing yourself worth is really important to that. So I'll use myself as an example. I'm sure there was a time in my life when I would have said, who am I to be worthy of creating a life I love? And I'm also really clear that this concept for me of thinking that I was worthy, thinking that, you know, actually the way it came to me, I think when I was in my late teens and early 20s was, it wasn't so much worthy as possible. That was the word. What's possible? What is practical and possible is is how I was thinking then. Would it be possible for me to live a life that was different from the the um, pain and the mistrust and the fear and anxiety that my parents experienced in their life. And I just kept thinking there has to be a way for me to live a life where I can feel peaceful and I can experience love and be love in, in, you know, in the world. 
And without being like a hippie or being out, you know, living off the grid and, you know, being separated from people all the time. And I didn't have any language for it, but I realized now in hindsight, a lot of that for me was me coming into alignment with this idea that I am worthy of defining a life that will work for me, that I can be proud of and where I can be good and do good and see good in the world. And so saying yes to spirit and the connection between saying yes to spirit and self-worth, I think is all about that, um, that remembrance that as a child of God, the answer that God always has is yes. You know, yes, my child, if that is what will really give you love or joy or peace, yes, then go in that direction. Now, that's really an interesting um, twist for some people because I know that some people believe that in fate and in destiny and that God has preordained what your destiny is and you really don't get to choose it. And, you know, my take on that is, yes, God preordains your destiny as you are destined to explore life and you get to choose. And whatever you choose, I will support or will be supported by the universe. And so in that sense, I can agree with fate and destiny, but I don't agree with fate and destiny in the context of God decided that you were going to be a consultant, speaker, and a spiritual coach. And it took you, you know, all these many years to get there. Um, I don't believe that the destiny is, is that specific um, and that we're on the journey to explore and to experience the journey of life moving toward choice after choice after choice that allows God to express through us and as us. So so this idea of worthiness, maybe, you know, maybe the entire show is going to be about that. I didn't think that 30 minutes ago as we dove into the show. Um, but perhaps that is a good day because it really is um, – really is something that I think is directly related to saying yes to spirit. If I say yes to spirit, I say yes to the way God expresses in me, as me, and through me. Yes? Yes. So my self-worth, my perception of who I am and my willingness to value myself and to be who I am drawn to be, not in judgment of, not in power over other people, and absolutely doing that in alignment with all the rest of life, whether it's human beings or animal or plant or whatever, how I live in alignment with all of life is simply a way to reflect that I love myself as God created me. 
I love myself as God created me. Wow, can you say that and, and really, really mean it? I love myself as God created me. That is going to be my Facebook post today as soon as the show is over. I love myself the way that God created me to be. That's powerful. I don't think I could always say that. You know, when I think back to growing up, I didn't love myself. I didn't hate myself. I didn't understand myself. Now, that is a true statement. I didn't understand myself, and hardly anybody around me understood me either. I had one co- I have a cousin who I grew up with, and in some ways we're more like sisters than cousins because we were around each other a lot. And I think she knew me and could see me even like way before I knew really who I was or I could see who I was. But other than her, I, you know, no. This idea of knowing who I am and loving, loving me and loving, knowing for sure and believing that God has created something special in me. You know, I didn't have that. I think most, many of us don't get that kind of affirmation growing up, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I think life is a journey to, um, to get there, but it's, it's not always easy to really see that and accept that I am worthy of a great life simply because I have been created by God. Now, I did hear growing up, you know, and God made you and God don't make no mistakes. And so you can't be a mistake. You have to be here for a purpose. And I heard my fair share growing up as a black girl, a black child in the U.S. during the civil rights movement, during the, you know, some of the most challenging days in the civil rights movement. You know, I remember hearing that, um, you know, you, that, You've been created by God, and you as a race of people, African-Americans, have been created by God, and the black people have been created by God. And so that is in itself uh, a blessing, even if the general society, mainstream America, is acting as if that is not true. It's, it was much more of a forgive them for they know not what they do belief system, that it was not personal to the individual, but they were mistaken because black people had, had came from a strong and brilliant past um, foundation in Africa. And, you know, you are the sons and daughters of people who have survived slavery and survived the worst mistreatment of mankind. And so there is a strength inherent in you. So I got a lot of messages 
from that were not about hating white people but about loving yourself as a black person. But that didn't filter down to you, Tracy, the individual. Here is what is amazing about you. Here is what is possible for you. Here is what you have been gifted with that is unique. And so group identity worth and value and being willing to fight for that and to stand up and be a representative of that was drilled in to me. And I do know that that later in life as I became an adult also gave me the kind of a blueprint, just like a blueprint that if that's true for all of the race, then that must be true for you. And if that's true for all of God's children, then Tracy, that must be true for you as well. And maybe it's time for you to stop and think and reflect and begin to look inside for that spark of divinity, that, that divine idea that only you can express in the way that you will express it. Rabbi Israel ben Eliezer said, everybody is unique. Compare not yourself with anybody else, lest you spoil God's curriculum. Everybody is unique. Compare not yourself with anybody else, lest you spoil God's curriculum. Does that make you smile? It makes me smile, this idea that there's God's curriculum for humanity. And a lot of times we talk about, and, and if you're a regular listener, you've heard me and Leslie refer to, yeah, this is earth school. And, uh, you know, we're in school and uh, just are in living our lives. And so isn't that a who? This idea that God's curriculum is for each one of us to offer this unique view or experience into this classroom called life or into this curriculum called humanity and life. And if I'm comparing myself to you, well, that's a complete waste of time because I've been created to offer something different than what you have been created to offer. And if I truly believe that, then I understand that my life has value. My life is worth something that can only be evaluated by that energy, that power that infused that purpose into my way of being in the first place. And so, wow, I don't have any need to compare myself to you in terms of specific skills or specific ways of expressing or specific outcomes and achievements and accomplishments because you don't have my mission. You don't have my unique combination of skills. And so, wow, if I am worthy of a personalized mission or personalized purpose, 
then let me get busy doing that. Not to challenge you, not to make you wrong, not to take sides, but simply to make my contribution in the curriculum of life. And I think every spiritual path has a way of teaching us this or guiding us into the direction of this insight and our everyday human experience, at least in this era of time gives us lots of reasons to question it because our political system is very um, pro and con, right and wrong, Democrat and Republican. You know, one, one of us has to be right, the other one has to be wrong. Society-wise in Western culture, not just the U.S., but in many of the large cultures worldwide and especially in Western culture, is constantly placing one side against another. And in the last year, one of my favorite sayings has that I it comes to mind a lot, and I I say it often is, why do we have to take sides? God is a circle. There are no sides in God. There is only the circle of love. Some little take on that theme. I've used that in meeting after meeting after meeting in the last 18 months. I've used that in my own spiritual practice when I find myself wanting to make this particular person wrong or that particular person unworthy. I don't want them on, on, you know, on my team or I wish they weren't on this committee. When I hear myself thinking like that, I'll ask myself, okay, why is that? Well, it's because they, that person is, um, when asked why they want to make a certain decision or ask for their input, they always say because I know that person or because I'm sure that person means well or I want to make that person happy. And that just rubs against my, you know, tendency, my personal tendency to say, how does this fit with our mission? Is it fair? And can we replicate it for other people? Can we justify this decision? If we change the person, will we make the same decision based on principle or based on policy or based on equity? And so when I find myself, I have found myself in that situation four or five times in the last year, and I go, oh, wait, Tracy, remember, you're acting as if that person is your enemy and like they're on an opposite side. But what if... What if you viewed this conversation, this decision, or this committee working as a circle and all views are needed and all views are representing a part of God, then what would you do differently? Because there are no sides in God. There's only a circle of love. And so it's like, oh, yeah, I'm unique, and I am bringing into the circle of love this perspective that what we need to do needs to be replicable. It needs to be grounded in policy. And, of course, somewhere else in the circle, there are going to be 
going to be that voice that says, but we like her or we want her to like us. And neither one of them, even though on the human side it seems like they might be in opposition, they're really not because the circle, the whole circle is designed to express, as the rabbi said, God's curriculum, God's best and highest good for this group or this person or this decision. So I'm unique, and I get to own that. But the fact that I'm unique does not mean that I am always right. It does not mean that I am better than someone else. I don't even need to compare myself with anyone else in order to experience the good of life, the good of God. So again, Rabbi Israel, Israel ben Eliezer, everybody is unique. Compare not yourself with anybody else, lest you spoil God's curriculum. So three different quotes that all bring us back to this idea that I am worthy. I am worthy of being myself. I am worthy of being God's expression of life in a unique way. I am worthy of showing up as the love, light, joy, peace, balance, harmony, prosperity, abundance of God. I am worthy of that. And the way that I do that might be different from the way that Leslie does it, from the way that everybody else I know does it, and that's okay. I don't have to make them bad for me to be good. Isn't that an amazing thought? How often do we get caught in that trap? I don't have to live as an adult with the immature messages that I received as a child. I just don't have to. I can grow into the power and the presence of spirit operating as me when I say yes to spirit. So I'm, I'm laughing a little bit because, um, especially in the last, you know, five minutes or so, it's like, Oh, that would this would make a really good Sunday talk. This would make a really good uh, message, video message for my coaching clients. Um, so, again, what I'm realizing and so so grateful for is that, of course, my life is fabulous and wonderful, and of course, it is always unfolding by divine design. So, having an open theme for today was the perfect way to birth this idea that can be tightened up a little bit into a meaningful talk, a meaningful message, um, a, a series of coaching lessons that can be shared with others and can be a reminder for myself that I love my life, and it's up to me to choose to love my life. And a core part of loving my life is always, every day, saying yes to spirit. So we're going to end today's show just a few minutes early, and, um, and I hope that 
I've shared with you something that gave you a reason to think about how you define your own self-worth and how you grow in your understanding of God by the way that you recognize your own worthiness simply because you have been created in the spiritual image and likeness of God. And when you say yes to spirit, and when I say yes to spirit, spirit simply says yes back. Have a great week. Be sure to check out our list of upcoming topics on Say Yes to Spirit. And throughout the week, anytime you need a little bit of inspiration and you're sitting at your computer and you would like an, um, some tips and ideas and a little bit of fun to be your background, then look at our archives. We have almost 200 different shows archived. I'm sure you can find one that supports your needs at any point during your week. So until we connect again, please remember to say yes to spirit. Alexa, play meant to be. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.